What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? That's good. That's a little cheering section. That's good. Uh, listen, I'm really, 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 really pumped today about the end of uh, overflow for the Psalm 23 part. But I want to tell y'all something real quick. We were planning on starting something new next week, and I believe God gave me a word that, just my opinion, y'all can decide next week, but I believe that God gave me a word next week that is maybe the best message that I've ever preached. Um, excuse me. Maybe the best message that I've ever gotten, and then i got to preach it if that makes sense. So we don't know yet if it's the best one that I've preached. But God's never stirred my heart more than next week's message. So um, I'm really, really, really excited about, um, about that. So listen to me. This is what I need y'all to do. Take in what you're going to get today, all right? And I, I hope it's good today. But I'm telling you, invite every single person. Y'all got family coming in? Bring them. Bring, bring your dogs. Bring everybody next week because I'm telling y'all, so next week can be dog day if they can get saved. It's weird, but whatever. But, like, I'm serious. All joking aside, y'all bring everybody because I'm telling y'all right now, I, I just believe that uh, God has me messed up. And I hope that I can give it to y'all in a good way. It's messed up in a good way. So this is the last week of Overflow. And I want to just catch you up. If you're a guest today, we are seriously pumped up that you've decided to worship with us. And so here's a catch-up. It's on Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I won't want for anything. He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside still water. He restores my soul. We said gratitude begins when my entitlement ends. And even though I walk through a valley of a shadow of death, I won't fear evil because his rod and his staff comfort us. And listen, guys, sometimes we see the valley and we say, that is terrible, get me out. But God has us there to reach our destination. And we can be grateful in the worst of times and in the best of times. And that he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. And he anoints my head with oil and my cup overflows. And it's just it's seeing the, the progression through is how we can be grateful. So this is the deal. This is the deal. Today's message is looking ahead, all right? Looking at the rest of our lives and then looking on to where we will go when we spend eternity somewhere because that's how the psalmist end, ended Psalm 23. So this is what I want, want to ask you. And I'm going to ask you all to do two things with me right now. So this is audience participation. This is not well, but I need you all to preach with me, all right? This is a plea. Preach with me. If you all preach with me, I'll preach better and we'll get out of here quicker, all right? So someone should say amen for that, all right? But like, say, come on. Come on. Say, come on. come on. That's better. Say amen. amen. Listen, if you have something on your heart that you want to say, say it. I'm inviting you to say it. This is like the opposite of class when y'all were growing up and y'all used to get in trouble for talking and y'all were over there snickering with you. Say it out loud. We want to know what you have to say. And it helps me preach. And if I don't know that y'all are, are thinking that it's good, then I'm going to think it's bad and I'm going to go longer. All right, so y'all just preach. Y'all preach this message with me, and you tell me. When you have something on your heart, you say, that's good, come on. And if it's not good, then be quiet, and then I'll know. All right, so I want y'all to preach it with me. If well's what y'all want to say, then sing it. Y'all can sing, well, that's fine, but just do something. Let me know that you're there, okay? How many of y'all, how many of y'all in your lives struggle with the everyday stuff to have a grateful heart, like every single day? Now, now you might leave a message, and you might say, yes. That's what I want to go do. Or, or you may leave a book after you've read it and say, that's the feeling that I want to have the rest of my life. But the truth is, when we look at the rest of our lives, we realize the pitfalls. And as a matter of fact, you may be there today. And so just being honest, just being honest. And if y'all don't raise your hands, then I'll ask you another question because then I can get you to raise your hand. It, how many of y'all right now, you, when you look forward and you see bills coming, right? You see 
your kids are going to get married someday, holy crud, and how am I going to pay for that, and how am I going to pay for college, and how am I going to pay for everything else, and they better not date anybody until they're 35 years old anyway, and this better not happen. This is crazy. Like, right, we think of all these things. How many of y'all look down the road, look down the road, and we think, ah, that's crazy. I, it's really hard to be with anything, right? That's all of us. That's all of us. Let me just tell you about me. This is simple, okay? This is simple. But right now, what's happening affects y'all because y'all decide whether you're going to get up in the morning and come to church. And most of y'all are bought in four-pointers, and so it wasn't really a decision, was it? Y'all can say, well, that's good. Because, like, so y'all are, y'all are bought in. Y'all love it. Y'all volunteer. Y'all tithe. Y'all are awesome. But listen, when I see rain on the forecast, okay, on Monday, this is what our Monday meetings go like when I see the long-term. And we look every week. Y'all can think we're crazy if you want to especially this guy, I look and I'm like, it's going to rain Sunday. It's terrible. And so, you know, we pray. We pray for you guys by name. A lot of times, if if y'all have told us stuff, we pray for the services. We pray for stuff. But I pray that it won't rain. Thank you, because that is funny. Y'all like, I mean, right? (laughs) This is how I pray. Sweet baby, Jesus. (laughs) Does it really have to rain? Okay, so like Monday of this week, it said 70% chance of rain. And I was like, yeah. And so I was like, for real, God. And I get mad. I'm just being honest. I'm like, you said you, it wasn't your will for this whole world to perish. Not me. So just don't let it rain. You, it can rain after church and Monday through other days, not today, right? And then I start quoting verses out, telling God why it's not going to rain. I know you bring the rain, but that's the blessing. This is not the blessing. This is Sunday, <laughs> Right? Oh, God should know this about me, right? And so I just start, and then I have a pity party. And then later in the week after I prayed about it, I'm telling God, for real, God, let's work this out. Like, because only this section of the world matters, right? So let's work this out. And then I see 100% chance of rain in two inches on Sunday, and I'm like, God, for real? Like, you do those whisper prayers because you're like, this can't be how you really want it, right? And, and that's silly. But that's real. I'm just letting y'all know that's real talk. I just spit it. It was so real. Right. I mean, that's, it's real talk. That's how my life is. I just let y'all in the door. If y'all walk out of here and say he's crazy, you're welcome. Right. Because that's kind of how it is. And I'm serious. I pray. I'd get upset. Like, I don't want it to rain on Sundays because it is like, especially cold. You know, like if it was 80 degrees right now and rain, it's like, well, this thinks I'm going to get wet, but it's 80. But it's 45. And I'm like, really, God, that's my second prayer. Can we make the temperature come up for real? Because the only thing worse is snow or ice. On Sunday, they can snow the rest of the week. It's not Saturday or Sunday. Teachers should say amen. All right. And then nurses are like, I hate you because I have to go to work. So like, but, but that's a silly thing. But listen to me. This is important. That's a silly small thing. But it's so important because things like that dictate whether, I'll not, whether or not I'll be grateful. More importantly, whether or not I'll have overflow in my life. Because I look out, seriously, this is so childish. God, I can't believe it's raining. I'm trying to do this for you. And it really was tongue-in-cheek, but there's some truth to it. And then what about all the other stuff? Like, I thought about myself, and I've matured a lot. I'm, I'm just being honest. But I like South Carolina football, and there was a lot of seasons that were famine. <laughs> y'all should say, well, if you're a Gamecock fan, because y'all, if you're just now a Gamecock fan, you don't count. Because I'm talking about the ones that sat through 0-11, right, and 1-10, and, and it was famine-ish. It was 21 straight losses. So, so if I know that, then why do I let a loss affect the rest of my day? Well, it's probably because that's my God. 
and I've put them on an idol and blessed the Lord of my soul that that's our God because holy crud, an 18 to 22 year old kid playing football is my God. But let's be right, if we're being honest, doesn't it ruin your whole weekend sometimes? Or, or better than that, high school kids, 14 to 18 year olds, ruin our whole weekend because our team didn't win. And for some of y'all, maybe it's something that happened at your job. Maybe it's something with finances or money. Maybe you got a speeding ticket and you don't understand what happened and it ruins everything because really, we get overwhelmed rather than overflow based on our circumstances. And it's all dictated on what is happening in my life. And so when I look forward, it's all based on the fact that I don't have control of my life as I go forward, right? Are y'all with me? Y'all think one person. Are y'all with me? Okay, good, good, good. Because if you leave with one thing, this is what I want you to leave with today. Gratitude is an everyday decision. Every day, you wake up, and you decide if you're going to be grateful. And here's the opposite end of it, right? Here's the opposite end of it. This is what I tell Leah sometimes. Today, I'm choosing to be a jerk, right? Today, today I'm going to choose to wake up this morning, and it's just jerk Thursday, and I'm just going to do my thing, right? And, and we say that in our house. If we are in a bad mood, because that's what y'all say, right? How many of y'all say it? I'm in a bad mood today. Just leave me alone, <laughs> right? And your husband's like, Holy crud, I know what's called happens every once in a while, right? We won't say what I'm talking about. But like, I know that visits our house and like, we'll just stay away, right? But, but that's crazy. And then, and then ladies, y'all think the same thing happens to men because we're just as crazy when the moon's full. So like, you're like, this is whatever. Like, it's, it's crazy all the time. So like, I don't know what to do, right? Because moodiness happens. Well, some of us like me, we're more up and down. But when I choose to let my situations dictate my lack of gratitude, God, it's raining. I'm going to make everybody else's life miserable because I'm mad. I'm choosing to be a jerk. And, and this is really what it is if I'm saying it in the right context. I'm choosing overwhelmed rather than overflow for my life. And the reason for that is at the end of the day, and this is going to tie in the rest of the message, what I perceive about God is maybe up to the form of a human being as far as his power and his might and his anointing on my life, I believe he's an awesome dude, right? He's just some man that can, that can help me. And we fail to put God where he really should be in our lives. And that's really the problem for me and maybe for some of y'all. Because in this last verse of Psalm 23 and verse 6, I believe this changes everything if we tie it back in with the rest of the verse. And this is what it says. This is what it says. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely, goodness and mercy follow me forever for the rest of my life here and when I dwell with him someday. And that sounds awesome, doesn't it? Like that's nice and we have it on, we have it on, like some of y'all have a cross stitch with this on it in your kid's bedroom because it's so sweet. It's like a nursery rhyme almost is how we've, we've given this, this much credit. That that's sweet. But let me tell you what this really means. In the New Living Translation, which is what I do my quiet time in, it's what I, when I'm spending time with Jesus, I love the English Standard Version, but in my quiet times, I read that as well, the New Living. And it says, surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me for the rest of my life. Now, here's what's interesting, guys. I don't give you Hebrew words a lot because they're above my head, and if they're above my head, there's no need. But, but follow's an interesting word in the original language, which was Hebrew, what David was writing in. Because follow, listen, the, the, Hebrew, the Hebrews have about, or that, that language had, had um, about a tenth, maybe less than that, than the English words. So just imagine that. If we have 40,000 words, they have 4,000. I think it's less than that. That's a lot different 
right? So when you see the word follow, it may not mean what we believe it means. And that's why digging into scripture is so impactful because when you really get what follow means, it changes everything. Follow literally translates to passionately pursue with intensity or vigor. To passionately pursue something with intensity or vigor. So, so this, is, this is why this verse messes me up, okay? So, so when I'm growing up and I believe that God follows me the rest of my life, are y'all with me? Y'all with me? If you're awake, say, yep. yep. It, it, listen, it, when I believe that God follows me, that's great, right? Because he's behind me somewhere. And as long as I'm doing my thing, it's just kind of like deism. So he just puts the clock in motion and he, he winds it. And then God lets me do my thing the rest of my life. And God doesn't passionately want me. He hopes that I'll choose him. Y'all with me? He hopes someday God, he'll see me in the back, just sitting back in his little desk. And he's all nice and he's God, right? Because he's in his box. My friend, he's in Morgan's drum cage, and he's just back there, and he's just hanging out because that's God behind us, right? And he gets to do his thing, and I get to do my thing, and God's not the boss. He's just kind of hanging out. And that's honestly how it feels. That's how I have put God in the box. This is it. This is it. How many of y'all just, just y'all need to say amen or something? How many of y'all remember what it was like to pursue the opposite sex when you were growing up? Like you saw someone, they caught your eye, and you were like, that's right. That's good. Huh? <laughs> Somebody say, that's good. There we go. There we go. Some of y'all, the rest of your line. Like, we, we, so when I was 16, when I was 16, I went on a mission trip to Huntington, West Virginia, and there was a girl named Leah Fox who was on the mission trip with me, and her last name was perfect because she was a, awesome. come on, there we go, right? She's, she was hot, so it was good. I, always, I called her Leah is a fox until she got married, and now she's Leah is a fox pangle, but like, like, it, it was perfect. She's, Leah was a fox, and I, but, but here's the thing. I was kind of a jerk. And, and listen, listen, listen. And the reason I was kind of a jerk just laughed out loud. So now y'all know, like that was that was the other half of the equation. But but like we were sort of together. Ooh, it wasn't real good. And basically, everyone but us two in our own world thought we were idiots because we didn't care and we were obnoxious and arrogant and everything that you can possibly imagine. So Leah was part of the. 98% that was like real quiet, y'all know, like some of y'all, and you didn't talk and you never got in trouble in school. And then I was the same way, except not in the least bit. And so when she saw me and people were being like in kids choir and all that stuff, be quiet. We go and tell them not to be quiet and stuff. She thought I was an idiot. And she never considered liking me until we were on a mission trip together. And she said, huh, he's not as big of an idiot as I thought he was. I like him. And so the word came to me that she might have a little something, she might like me, she might like what she sees, and I'm not as big of an idiot as she thought. Maybe the Lord's changing my heart. And when I heard that, guess what I did? I sat back and I said, you know what? I'm going to follow her from like 30 yards away, and I'm going to stalk her, and I'm going to go look in her window, and I'm going to be that dude that peeks in the window and says, I like you, right? But I'm not going to make sure that she knows with, with intensity because that doesn't really make sense. If you want someone to know that you love them, what you do is you stay way back in the back and you make sure that they know you're following so you're a creeper and you're that weird dude in the box that's somewhere around you, but you don't let them know with all your heart that you love them, right? That makes sense, right? No! Right? I, I, and I'm like almost weirder, weirding her out. I mean, we're writing those notes. Y'all remember the love notes, right? If y'all don't remember the love notes, you ain't never had a girlfriend. I feel sorry for y'all, but we're like dudes and then girls. I don't know if y'all write notes or not. I can't remember, but like, 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 and then, and then today is text messages because y'all have phones, but like, and we didn't, so it's weird, isn't it? But like, like, so, but what, what is it about that that seems right? Because when I tell you that that's how I tried to hook up with Leah and 
and start dating her. And I said, you know what, I just, I just followed her. I just followed her from a distance, I apologize. I just followed her from a distance, and it all made sense. Like, like she, I knew she'd start liking me because I just followed behind her. I didn't pursue her. We're all like, come on, man. Like, we know good and well that that's not really how it was. But then we assume that that's the God of the universe who sent Jesus, that that's how he is. Nothing could be further from the truth. Listen to me. This is what I told the first service. With all my heart, with all my heart, I passionately pursue my wife. This is free for the husbands in here. I passionately pursue my wife today more than I did 17 and a half years ago when we started dating. And I believe that is a great formula for staying married is if I'm pursuing her and trying to go on dates with her and trying to let her know that I love her when I send her text messages, does that mean I don't choose to be a jerk? I just told you I did sometimes, but I want her to know that I'm passionately pursuing her. And she, I believe if you ask her right now somewhere, do you believe Mark is pursuing you today? She would say, absolutely. Now, if she can say that with confidence, how much more should I be able to say that about the King of Kings? How much more does the God of the universe want a relationship with me? And then here's the great news. And I need y'all to sit on this because when we end, it's really good to think that God does not just follow behind me and hope someday that I will choose him. But Revelation says he stands at the door and knocks. And if anyone lets him in, well, that's just like I was doing with my wife, baby. I'd love to go on a date with you. And by the way, I asked her that this week. I'd love to go on a date with you this week because you're real good looking. And I like, and then we'll end right there. So, but if I feel that way about God, and so, so will y'all just have this thought with me right now? How many of us, because of the way that we perceive Jesus, have thought about dating him for a while? And he's back there, and we, we've, we've caught his eye. And the Lord's pulled us a little bit. But the truth is, we're not passionately being pursued in our own minds, and we're not letting him in and saying, I want to be in Christ, and I love having that relationship with, with him. And he fills me, and he makes me complete. And I know him, but just because I knew that Leah liked me, and she knew that I liked her in Huntington, West Virginia, did not make two become one. But when we said yes to each other and made a binding covenant with each other, when I surrender my heart and life to Jesus, it is the same picture of marriage. Because I may have known that she was interested in me. She may have known that I was interested in her. But when we began to passionately pursue each other, it changed everything. And then, because of my relationship with the Lord and that he passionately pursues me, I will dwell in his house forever. And this is what I think is so interesting. Not only do I get to dwell in his house, meaning heaven, one day, but it means starting today, I am the righteousness of God because I'm clothed in him. Just like my wife when she walked down the aisle was no longer a fox but became a pangle. I become the righteousness of God. I'm clothed in his glory. And just because people see me as Mark, old goofy thing that what I used to do when we joked around and people could not stand the arrogance of me. I'm not that anymore. I am Jesus. I'm clothed in him. I have his name. My name's written, written in his book. And I am him and he is mine because that is my name. I have a heritage. I have a legacy. It is not what it used to be. It's what it is now. And that's what gives me hope. Not what I do, but what he is in me. My wife is no longer a fox. She still will carry on that name because she loves it. That doesn't change who she is. What it does is it makes her mine and I I'm hers, and we have the same last name, and we are one, and that is what our relationship with Christ is like. 
when we're in Christ. But when we just date him, and when we think maybe that's what I'll do someday, and when my name is not his name, and when I can't sit in, in his seat and say, I know I may not be good enough when people look at me, but I know Christ in me is. And I know that that is my name, and I know I'm righteousness because I am him. And for today and the rest of my life, gratitude is possible. The overflow is possible. Overwhelmed is something I can kick the door in on and never experience the rest of my life, even in the worst of circumstances, because I have his name. And as Jesus was describing this in John chapter 14, and it's such a beautiful passage how it ties in, he's giving you a picture of heaven. And I want you to know this before I read this to you. Heaven is a real place, guys. David said right there, we'll live in his house forever. And in Hebrews chapter 11, heaven is called a city, and it's called a country. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, it's called your inheritance, if you're in Christ Jesus. And then Jesus himself, speaking to his disciples, described heaven like this. He said, I go, or excuse me, let not your hearts be troubled. Now that's a good word. Like, that's a good word today because some of us that are feeling overwhelmed, this is what Jesus tells you. Don't be troubled. And here's why. I know some of you came in with heavy hearts, but let me tell you why you shouldn't be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go and prepare a place for you? Now listen, heaven is called a place right here, and it's called a place for you. Not just a place, not just somewhere in the stars, in the sky, in the, in the, it's called a place, and it's called a place for you. And he says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. He says, look here, would I have said all these things up till this point if I wasn't serious about making a place for you in heaven and glory someday? And I know this place can be bad sometimes, Right? When it rains on Sunday, that stinks, right? It, it can be bad sometimes, but listen, this is the closest. I need y'all to get this. This is the closest hell Mark Pangle will ever experience because I am not Mark Pangle. I'm a stranger in a foreign land. This is not my home. This is my stopping place, but my home is in heaven because my last name is righteous. Not because of what I've done, but because who he is in me. That is why my name is righteous. Don't miss that. It's not because I'm standing up here. My calling to preach is not anywhere close to my calling by him the bridegroom, and me, the bride. Now, that is the calling that changes everything. And the reason that I can live a life of overflow has nothing to do with having a good attitude when you wake up. Okay, today's the day. I'm gonna... It's because I'm in Christ. And when I see someone and they cut me off with my temper, if I don't cut them off, it's not because I made a New Year's resolution because I want to cut them off and then cut something else, right? I, like, that's what I want to do. But when I'm in Christ Jesus, he sees People begin to see a difference in us and the culture begins to change. And I have a heart for this house because this is the house that we are building for God. And things begin to change and it messes us up. And listen, you have a home that starts today in the valley, at the table, and anywhere you are for the rest of your life and as your life continues because death is a passageway to life. Today I'm going to a funeral and in that funeral, what my thoughts will be is I know this person knew Jesus. And this is life beginning. Because the truth is when a baby is born, we should cry. And when a human being dies, we should celebrate. We do the opposite, don't we? Because we fail to understand the reality of life that this life is difficult. But that life is glory. And I'm allowed to go to glory 
and have abundant life the rest of my time here because it's a continuation and then glorification takes place. The reason that that is possible is because I'm in Christ. And then this is what he says in verse 4. He says, I know, excuse me, he says, you know the way to where I'm going. He's like, y'all know. I've told y'all this stuff for almost three years, surely to goodness. Y'all know, you can't you hear almost sarcasm? I like to think Jesus is sarcastic because I'm sarcastic and I feel like we're on the same page. So, like, I like to think that he's sarcastic. He's like, hey, man, hello. Y'all know, I've been telling y'all. And Doubting Thomas, you could put Mark in there, says, Lord, we do not know where you are going. We saw you walk on the water and it freaked us out. We saw you feed the 5,000 and it freaked us out. We saw you change the water to wine. We saw you do all these other things and heal the blind and the sick. And we've seen you do all these things. And we've seen you over and over say it comes from the Father. But we really don't know the way. And Jesus, instead of saying, come on, says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And so listen to me. Listen. Everyone in here is struggling with something because the truth is this church is real. This house, we've chosen that we're just going to be honest. We're going to be straight up. We're going to talk about our struggles. And everyone, and I know some of you and I don't know others, but I know this. Every one of us are struggling in some way or another, aren't we? That's a good time to say yes or come on. Everybody's struggling with something. Here's the deal. How, Pastor Mark, can I live a life of overflow in those struggles? Know the way. You say, yeah, but you don't understand. It's the way. Yeah, but I, but I got this problem. I got this problem. I don't know how to fix this problem. There's one way. It's the way and the truth and the life, and that is the only way. That is the only way. And it is really good news because here's the deal. I can work as hard as I want and not know the way and believe about God that he's somewhere in the back thinking about maybe wanting to come after me, but being that stalker that kind of follows behind me. He follows behind me. And we fail to understand what his love and his mercy, not giving us what we deserve, which is hell and separation from God for all of eternity and giving us what we don't deserve, which is his grace. That is his attributes and that is what makes it so beautiful. He is not following behind you guys. He's pursuing you passionately. And so as you leave today, I want you to think of this. Gratitude is an everyday decision. Gratitude is an everyday decision. And the way is in Christ. Overflow is always a possibility. And the way is in Christ. Guys, we're going to close a little bit different today. And I want you to stay with me because the message is continuing through our worship team in just a second. But y'all look this way. I want you to think of this as I step down and you think of this song. And I'm going to ask you to stay in your seats as the band plays this song. And you may want to get up and get Pentecostal. And if you do, that's cool. But I want you just to consider this one thought as this song is going. The most beautiful thing that I've ever seen in my entire life is not Maui, and it was really pretty. <laughs> and Mount Arbel, looking down on the Sea of Galilee, is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen, which is a couple weeks ago in Israel. And the Canadian Rockies were beautiful, but the most beautiful thing I've ever seen is when my bride walked down the aisle and me, the bridegroom, looked at him. Now, if I feel that way, how much more does Christ Jesus feel about you as he is pursuing you, wanting a relationship with you? So as you hear these words, I just want you to consider where you are with Jesus.
This is the story of the Son of God hanging on a cross for me. But it ends with a bride and groom and a wedding by a glassy sea. Oh, death, where is your sting? Cause I'll be here singing holy, holy. It's the story of a bride and wife waiting on a wedding day. Anticipation welling up inside while the groom is crowned a king. Oh, death, where is your sting? Cause we'll be there singing holy.
would think after singing that song 30 times, I'd stop getting emotional about it. But then again, you really shouldn't. Um, I had someone ask me the other day, if, if Leah cheats on you, what will you do? And it, it was a pastor friend, and it took me back because I was like, man, I don't know. I've never even considered that. And then this is what I told him. You know what, man? I really love my wife. But she's really awesome. And I really hope that I can stay with her. Because she's amazing. She's such a good mom. She loves me for my crazy. And I really hope that I can stay with her. But then this is what I thought. And then I thought about this song, man. If we put human stipulations on ourselves like I believe that we do imagine what we really believe about God because here's the truth all of us are the bride of Jesus Christ but instead of being that beautiful bride in white we believe and perceive ourselves that we should be the bride dressed in black don't we because we know us and this is what has me just jacked up in my heart that God looks at me and says there's no condemnation in you son there's no condemnation in you, daughter. You're my queen. You're my king. I love you. Come be with me. And then as my lip quivered when my wife began to step down the aisle, his love for me is so much greater than my love can even compare to that. And he is your bridegroom, and you are the bride of Jesus Christ. And this is the question that I want you to answer right now. Do you know the way? Because in your heart, only you know if you know Jesus. And what I mean by that is not know him, but know that he is pursuing you and that he loves you and that he is for you. And that for the rest of your life, you can have hope and realize that you've started the journey that will continue after death for the rest of your life. But the bad news is if you don't know him as the bride of Christ, if you don't walk the aisle toward the groom and say yes to him, then you will be separated from God for all of eternity because there's also a real place called hell. And so this is the question today. Will you be the bride of Jesus Christ? And if you already are, will you walk out of here with hope? Will you guys just close your eyes and bow your head with me? As the music continues to play, this is what I want to ask you to do. Pastor Mark, I'm just being honest, man. My heart is, my heart is stirred because I do not believe that I've ever been intimately engaged with the Lord Jesus, letting him have all of me and saying, I want all of you. And today I need to give my heart and life to Jesus Christ. I want that more than anything else. Pastor Mark, I want to be saved right here, right now. All that means is that you say yes to him and realize that he saved you from all of what you've done and will do and gives you a hope in glory and a place in heaven. But if you've never done that, it doesn't matter how many aisles you've walked, it's not enough. Pastor Mark, right this second, I want to be saved. If that's you, I'm not going to make you count. I'm not going to do anything. I just want you to raise your hand as high as you can and say, Pastor Mark, dude, that is me right now. I need Jesus to save my life. Throw your hand up as high as you can. Let me see it. Because I believe God is moving in some of your hearts right now. And I just want you to throw your hand up and say, dude, that's me. We're not going to embarrass you. We just want to give you the hope that we have in Jesus. Throw your hands up and say, Pastor Mark, I need Jesus right here, right now. I want to be saved. Is that anybody in this room? I need to be saved right now. 
Guys, for every single person in this room, this is what I want you to know. You can look this way. This is what I want you to know. Every one of us have said this morning, either we're choosing not to walk the aisle and be his bride, or we already are. And that's awesome. All right, that is awesome. And as the bride of the Most High, as the King of Kings, with my name being his name, I should not leave here the same. Gratitude is an everyday decision, but the only way is in Christ. Guys, if you know Jesus, you're already in Christ. You have his name, and he loves you. And I'm encouraging every one of you to walk out of here and never, never, ever be the same. Will you stand with me? I have a couple things to tell you.